Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Up Podcast. This is Cyrus. I'm here with Kaunda as usual. Kaunda, how are you doing? I am great, Cyrus. Uh, as the tip off of the new season draws, the new NBA season draws nearer and nearer, I get more excited by the day. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the WNB at the moment. It's going perfectly well, but you know, yeah. I always love too much basketball for me is never too much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then I, you can't I, use I like... the words too much. You know, it's a, it's just basketball. <laughs> Whether you're getting yeah. an oversupply or an undersupply, as long as you're getting some no. supply, you're good. I'm good. I'm good. Now, I mean, I must say the WNBA season has been incredible, and we'll we'll do a separate show on that soon. Um, but I think let's talk about what's happening in the in the NBA postseason, and and I suppose let's not even call it post or even off season. We're almost into the preseason now, and I mean, like as is, we've had some of the trades happening, some that haven't happened. People requesting trades. Uh, ben Simmons, we're looking at you. But I think one of the things that we should you know potentially start with is a discussion around what we're expecting coming out of the new season and now i think that you know in in the previous podcast we spoke about the lakers their age issues and all of that stuff but predominantly we'd expect the lakers to be one of the favorites to come out of the west and i guess you know conversely we're looking at the brooklyn nets and and the champion milwaukee bucks as being some of the favorites to come out of the east yep. but perhaps what we should do counter is discuss some of the surprise packages teams that you know we're not necessarily saying they're going to win a championship but they're certainly going to dent a few egos um you know make sure people stay a little humble when they play them um so let's talk about some surprise packages that we're expecting um in the nba season i've got a couple and we'll do it uh, east and west so let's do two east mm -hmm. and two west and then after yep. that we'll talk about the ben simmons situation um what's happening there potential moves if any um and and what that really means for philly as they as they look to to try and strengthen i mean they were really good last season um and this simmons thing really it throws a, a massive spanner in the works i mean the Sixers were the number one seed in the east last season so a lot to talk about and we, we might touch on on a few specifics with the lakers as well but let's get this podcast started by looking at the surprise packages now calendar i'm going to start with you let's go to the eastern conference your favorite um <laughs> but it's it's a whole lot it's a whole I love lot the east. i love the east Cyrus. i hate it when people like you call it the least in pro, pro, uh, conference sorry it is not the least in conference let, let, no, let's not forget it, it that isn't. when jordan won six titles he won them in the east let's not forget that when lebron won his first championship he won it in the anyway you know what yeah, I'm talking about. There are a few of those so, you can go down, but yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Even when but Giannis it's, it's, won it's, his it's championship, never really, you it's never really about the teams that that might be the, the the contenders in the East. When the people say that, it's about the strength of that division, that particular conference, and true, the conference true, as true. a whole has really improved over the last couple of years. It's not just about you know the one or two teams who are pretty good. But who uh -huh. are your picks for uh, surprise packages? So I'm going to give you two surprise packages, Cyrus, and mm -hmm. these people could uh, make people really uh, humble themselves when they play them. One, uh, I, I actually hinted to this team, and this is um, the, the, the Chicago Bulls when I mentioned uh, Michael mm -hmm. Jordan. Because look, Cyrus, if you're pairing up in the backcourt, a DeMar DeRozan, a uh, 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 Lonzo Ball, and then you've got Zach Levine, who who, mm. who who who's a high flyer and then in the front court you, you've got uh nikola vucevic mm. now 
they lost Larry Makinen. Obviously, he's gone to 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 the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. But still, yeah. just just looking at those four pieces, I wish they had not let go of Larry. But obviously, there's in basketball in any Larry, sports, it's Larry a had his, his Larry had his desires. He was like, look. I've had my time in Chicago. I need to go somewhere else. Mm. So you know, he he was he was going, and and he made sure of that. Look, he's also quite an undersized big, if you will, and undersized. The man's seven foot. Yeah, but you know, I that, mean, that's also undersized. width wise. <laughs> he's, he's not he's, he's he's not a few meals ahead. You know, we, we need so we need you, our bigs you, to be a few meals ahead. So you, yeah, you, when like, you say size in this particular instance, you're not talking about height. You're talking about girth. Huh? You, you, you're yes, like, okay, yes. this man is just not heavy enough. It, to, it's it's kind of like to, your, uh, with, with all them. due respect, uh, ball ball, you know. <laughs> when I talk, <laughs> I talk that kind of size, not like height wise. Okay, okay. Anyway, but still, Cyrus, back to the Bulls. I think they have the kind of pieces... And uh, these, it's not a championship setup, like you rightfully said, but they have the kind of pieces that can make for exciting basketball. I, I, I think that excitement is going to return to Chicago. You got a, you got a great guard, uh, well, two great guards in, in DeRozan and, well, and, and Lonzo Ball. That, and then, and then you've got, you've got Zach Levine, who, well, you can't exactly play him at the three, but you know, if you're playing small, you can I, I actually think, even I push think him. The, the, the idea would be to move DeRozan to to the three, um, to and the three. Have Lonzo and Levine as your one and two. I prefer him at the two, though. But look, Cyrus, it depends on what what, what the coach deems best. But I, I really think the Chicago Bulls have got. I mean, they've got uh, a, a slew of youngsters there. That they, mm. I think they we, we've seen them play some of them are coming into the third fourth seasons and and they're, they're looking promising i i think uh you know the likes of cody white is still uh at the kobe, Bulls. kobe I think white he's, is still there kobe white he's quite underrated uh, uh, as a guard if you ask me i think he just didn't get the right kind of minutes and they didn't have the right composition in chicago but i think yeah cyrus the chicago bulls are definitely definitely uh, a squad to watch okay now, i don't mind you that want, as a pick I don't mind that mm -hmm. as a pick. Let's discuss that a little bit because I think the thing for me is that when I look at the Bulls, I think, you know, when, when talent-wise, there's no reason why they shouldn't be better than they were last season. And we have to remember, this is a team that finished in 11th place in the East last term. Um, but there's mm -hmm. some very interesting facts around that Bulls team um, that have really come to the fore over the last couple of years. Um, we've seen the growth of Zach Levine as a player. He's really become uh, a far better shooter than um, he was given credit for. We always talk about his high flying and his dunks, and those are really things to, to appreciate about him. But his shooting and his shooting game has really moved on in such great leaps that he's, he's a pretty um, good three-point shooter. Um, but then I look at this team, and I think, these guys couldn't get it done last season and they had some fit issues. I mean, Vucevic didn't just walk into the team and make them better. Um, he really, it was sort of more of the same. They struggled a little bit, but with all of these pieces together, they should do something. And with Billy Donovan as the head coach, you know, mm -hmm. you could expect some really exciting and really different basketball. I do think though, that there's a lot of things that need to gel for them in order to, to make a leap. And they've got a whole lot of new guys in that system as well. Cause you know, you've got a new, uh, player in Lonzo Ball basically running your offense for you. So somebody who doesn't know the system or anything like that. So he's got to learn on the job as well. And I think that's one of the, the critical things. But I do like the Bulls. I like 
you know what they've done patrick williams is a good youngster that could be really mm -hmm. good for them too so yeah good pick good pick not one of mine but but good pick because you don't know basketball young man so you no. keep saying yet every single time <laughs> i'm gonna show you now my second pick from the east cyrus uh is, is is the team in green and, and obviously i i wouldn't go with the milwaukee bucks because that wouldn't be uh you, you're not surprised because they're, they're they're coming back as the returning champion or the defending mm. champions so uh we spoke about our gambian german brother dennis schroeder yeah. last podcast moving to the boston celtics cyrus I think that 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 gives them a a bigger guard than they had uh, in Kemba Walker, a healthier guard than they had in Kemba Walker. But then again, you're pairing him up with um, one uh, Jason Tatum, uh, number zero at at the Boston Celtics. Love the look of that young man. You know him, fearless. Mm. He's got a great mid range. He would take the ball to the hoop. His three point isn't the best in the league, but it's decent. Then you've got another fearless youngster in Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, great player, also can take it to the hoop. Also got a decent, uh, you, you know, mid range jumper. I, I like the look of him. Then, you, when you need the the the, the grit and, and and you need to get low down and dirty and and shake up your opponents, you've got the likes of Marcus Smart at that squad, Cyrus. I I, I kind of think. Uh, they've had their troubles, you know. They they they've had the mm. the Isaiah Thomas era. They've had the, the 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 Kyrie Irving era. Then they had the recent era with Kemba Walker, and things have just oh never been quite right. But I think an experienced guard who who's been in in, in notable teams like like a Schroeder who came from uh, Atlanta. He's he's played uh, at the Lakers. You know, he's also played at OKC, and and I think he's earned his stripes, and I, and I think he'll mm. be a great uh, addition to that squad. And obviously, there is some coaching changes with Brad Stevens moving, you know, to to the front office, and and but still, uh, uh, the, the, I forget the name of the the Nigerian American coach, Emil Doka. I think will bring a lot of a lot, a lot of you know uh, good coaching experience that he would have learned from uh, one Greg Popovich by you know working under him at the San Antonio Spurs. So Cyrus, I, I think the Boston Celtics could be a bit of a surprise package there. Yeah, you know, so you've clearly been looking at my notes as well because they are definitely one of my picks out in the East. But we tend to think alike anyway, so I'm not going to accuse you of cheating because uh, you don't hide your world. notes. Yeah, Hide your cards, it. Cyrus. That's Hide it. your cards. <laughs> Damn. I'm just letting you check out what I'm writing. But I agree with you on the Boston Celtics. They were one of my picks for, for one of the shockers, uh, uh, surprise packages in the East. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't necessarily be a surprise. Boston has always been one of those teams. But last season, they finished the regular season in seventh place in the East. And um, that's not what we generally expect from the Boston Celtics. Um, and they just didn't look as if they were, they were right. But I think that one of the interesting things about them as, as an entire franchise is that they had a real down year last year. Um, Kemba Walker had just not been a good enough fit. And I think they were forced into, a, into that by you know, the, the Kyrie Irving decision when he left the team. Um, they just scrambled to try and find somebody who could, you know, fill that gap. And, and unfortunately, Kemba just wasn't that guy for them. Um, whereas I think that what will be surprising for them is Dennis Schroeder will be a really good and really useful player at the point guard position. He is 6'3", um, so, you know, he's sort of relatively average for for um, point guard position. But he's got um, 
good sort of lateral speed. He, he defends relatively well and he's really, really quick. Um, so he'll get up and down the court fairly quickly. And I think that he's the kind of player who will adjust to any scheme um, pretty well. I do think the other thing is it's always about the leaps that the likes of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are expected to make as they improve as players in the NBA. And I think Tatum in particular has the potential to be an MVP if he keeps trending in the direction that he's expected to. So I think Uh that the Celtics will be very mindful of the pieces that they have and know that what they have to do is just extract the most value out of them. Uh, Marcus Smart has been the sort of beating heart of that team from a defensive perspective for so long. And you could almost pair him with a Dennis Schroeder to have a fairly solid uh, backcourt when when you you know you're, you're really going for it because i do think though when you look at it um there will be times where um it'll be shooter and smart sure and jalen brown and then potentially have jalen brown play the three with with jason tatum playing the four um and then robert williams playing playing um the five and that's relatively small so you know the celtics have got options because um, Robert Williams will be one of the most impactful players for them this season. And then they'll just keep yep. using Al Horford and Ennis Cantor um, at the five spot, um, in, in uh, using them in the best way possible. Because the thing with, with somebody like Cantor, he's really great at grabbing offensive rebounds. He's one of the best in the yeah. NBA. Absolutely. So, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. But I think the Celtics will be a, a, a good surprise package. And they were one of my picks, too. So since you've gone and used one of uh, mine. Hasn't Dennis Schroeder played with Al Horford in Atlanta before? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Um, in fact, weren't they also at OKC run about the same time? Um they might have crossed paths there, but Al Hofer didn't really play much at OKC. But yeah, they, I mean, them being teammates. But in Atlanta, Atlanta they, 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 they definitely should have played would. A, a good number yeah, of games together would. in ATL, and, yeah? Exactly. And, and I mean, that will, will also count for something, you know, um, having mm-hmm. that sort of chemistry. But I think, and you mentioned this about Schroeder, he's got a chip on, on his shoulder here because this is a guy who pretty much the whole NBA fraternity was laughing at for turning down the contract that was given to him. And now here he is on a one-year, $5 million deal. Um, he's he's really got a point to prove. And I think that's going to be a real motivator for him. And he's been talking about that kind of thing on Instagram. I never take anything on Instagram as being, uh, you know, uh, gospel. But I do think Shura, um, our African brother, is going to show the world that he's got what it takes. And he's going to earn himself a really good uh, good contract. Um, I'm going to go and talk about my other surprise package from the East. This one's going to be a real shocker. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't think they've been on anybody's radar. I think that they've been a, a good, solid franchise for a few years, but they had a real misstep last season. I'm talking about the Indiana Pacers. Um, there's okay. there's going to be some really interesting things happening in Indiana. First and foremost, one of the things that they did was they got rid of their former, co- well, their coach Nate Bjorkren, and they installed Rick Carlisle as their coach mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we know Rick Carlisle is an NBA championship winning coach with the Dallas Mavericks um, yep. and will bring a whole bunch of, of really interesting coaching dynamics to this Indiana team who have got talent um, in their midst. You know, Indiana is not a, a team made up of just really bad players. They've had some really bad luck over the years and some of the guys have just had injury issues, uh, COVID protocol stuff that's happened. And I think the Pacers should be in a good position um 
to to really sort of have a, a a good showing this season. I'm not expecting them to be like Eastern Conference champions or anything, but I think that they'll mm-hmm. they'll definitely have the opportunity to express themselves as a team. And and when you have the likes of Karis Levert, who's now healthy, he's come um, come back from from the health scare he's had. And yep. and really just trying to see how they build around him with the likes of Malcolm Brogdon, who is still there. He might not be there um, going into the, the rest of the season, and we might talk about that in a bit. But I do think that when you look at the, the makeup of some of that team, they've got some good pieces there. And they've also got the ability to either strengthen by trading some guys or just try and build with the guys that they have, um, like Miles Turner and Demantis uh, Sabonis. Demantis Sabonis. Look, Cyrus, uh, with Damantis Sabonis, I agree with you 100%. He proved last season that he deserved to be an all-star, Cyrus. Damantis Sabonis in the paint, uh, he showed me that he, he, he is a problem. And, and, and even playing as an all-star, he showed that, that great talent. And I was like, okay, young man, you, you are deserving of this. I only have a problem with Miles Turner. Miles Turner, I think for me, he needs to do more than just rim protect. Because I, I swear, most of the time when I'm, when I'm watching Miles Turner, and with all due respect to the young talent, a lot of what I see him doing is rim protecting. And, and, yeah. I, and I know back in the days you could specialize and become that guy, Dennis Rodman. You could get 30 rebounds and score zero points. But but the NBA that we play in these days is a bit different from that. You know what I mean? You can't just be there as a specialist. Even Steph is not just a specialist shooter. Well, he he defends when he needs to. He you know he he hmm. he knows how to move off the ball. You know without the ball, he the kind of mileage that young man puts up, Lord. Uh, but Miles Turner, I think he he needs to turn it up a notch. Maybe he needs Look, to. Look, I, I can Miles I can get you turn up. You know, <laughs> oh, jump days. Yeah, that jokes for days amazing. But you understand but, what I'm talking about. I'm but, not but trying I to say and, he's a bad player. I'm just saying he needs to diversify look, or bring out more of his talents. In, in essence, what you're calling him is Andre Drummond, and and uh, but a better defensive yes. player than Andre Drummond. Drummond was really a, a rebounding machine, not necessarily known for his his pain protection. But I do think I agree with you. Though what's interesting about that though is that perhaps his his lack of of offensive production becomes more of an issue when you look at the fact that if he's on the floor at the same time as Sabonis, you're not necessarily getting a lot of scoring from either of them. Sabonis mm-hmm. is not known for having like a jump shot or to stretch the floor as much as as other bigs have have been able to do over the last few yeah. years. And and when you're looking at a Miles Turner, he really is more of a defensive specialist. Um, but that means that you need to have scorers around a player like that. And the Pacers don't necessarily have that. Um, one of the other players that I haven't mentioned and I think will be important for them this season when he is healthy and I saw a report recently saying that his his recovery from his laser surgery has not gone well is TJ Warren. Mm-hmm. TJ Warren, Bubble Warren was incredible. Bubble Warren was scoring points like they were just handing them out as like sweets. Um, and Absolutely. so people were expecting him to take that next leap and he just hasn't done that. And then obviously having had surgery, I think it was sh- uh, shoulder surgery, um, you know, he's expected to be out for a bit, but when he comes back and if he comes back at the level that he, he, we know he can get to, the Pacers should be the kind of team that really do give teams, um, you know, a hard time. And remember, TJ McConnell was one of the better six men um, in the in the league last season. He was leading the NBA in, in steals at one point. So, you know, mm-hmm. they've got enough bits and pieces players around that team to think, you know, they could really do something. But like I said, 
I don't expect them to do much in terms of trying to win a chip. I do expect them to be a team that will be really interesting to see. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move over to the Western Conference. Um, I've got some interesting picks there, but I want to hear what yours are. Uh, with me, what, what, one's going to be blatantly obvious because I think uh-huh. you and I ha- have, have discussed them. And uh, I'll call them a surprise because uh, they've had their injury prob- problems recently and they've sort of almost taken a backseat and people have forgotten that these guys were once upon a time being looked at as a dynasty and, and they were scary. You're talking about the Warriors. Eating. Yes, <laughs> the Looking at my homework again. Looking at my homework again, <laughs> No, Great Cyrus, to, to, to be honest, the, the Splash Brothers will return. And, and that's Steph Curry, the greatest shooter we've seen in, our, in, in basketball history. Unless there's some mm-hmm. guy who never made it to the league and was better than him and we never heard about him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but maybe in not the professional NBA leagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not NBA history. But in NBA history, Steph Curry. Dennis Plus Brother, one of the greatest two guards that, that I've ever seen play in our current you, you know, a, a generation of players, uh Clay Thompson. I think pairing them up again, that, that's a problem. That's a problem. And, and and I think with them on the floor. It brings out a different kind of Draymond Green. I, I, I think Draymond has had his struggles recently, and, and I think it's because the the, the 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 Avengers that are the Warriors haven't been the unit that they were before that championship winning unit. Obviously, yeah. became better with Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant left, but still, they, they were still that team. I, I, I think. James Wiseman can still grow into into, into a great okay. big. Uh, Kevon Looney has had his struggles, but I think still he is a piece you use when you need him, and, and he's effective. He, Cyrus, this is a man that's played with, with a hurt shoulder before, and to me that kind of grit and grime remind, reminds me of old school players like Allen Iverson, who says, "Even when I'm hurting, I, I've got to go all out for my team, and and yeah. and, and if if I'm not gonna." you know aggravate this injury further and just be present in there because he's also a presence you can't ignore that kevon looney is a presence where where, where, when he's on the floor and especially if you want to go taking chances in the paint he he reminds you that he is there another piece uh in andrew wiggins i know he's also one that's had struggles but i think he's he's divisive I i think him being at the warriors different system uh, uh d- d- different coach d- different teammates uh, I- i've seen a different kind of Ang- andrew wiggins coming out i think mm. that's the kind of andrew wiggins that the, the minnesota timberwolves were expecting to have gotten from the cleveland cavaliers when they traded him traded for him so i i, I actually think the golden state warriors although a lot of people think ah they've seen their better days and you know let's look aside it's it's, it's a different time look at what the suns did mm. look at you know what the Lakers could do again if they stay healthy, the Clippers, X, Y, and Z. And everybody's forgetting that. No, 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 no. There is a team in San Francisco mm. that could shock you. And, and, and that's the Golden State Warriors. I think a lot of people so that's are my the, number the one eye of the Warriors. Yeah, a lot of Definitely people are the eye of the Warriors. And, and I, I totally agree with you, Kaunda. Totally agree with you. Um, I think the, the critical thing for me in this, and this is why I'd also picked him as a surprise team, was that Steph Curry was the scoring champion last season. 
Let's not forget that yep. him and Bradley Beal mm-hmm. had one of the most incredible uh, battles to to see who would take the scoring title, and Steph just kept going and going and going. And he's the reason why the Warriors almost got into um, the playoffs. I mean, losing the play-in game to the Grizzlies is definitely not something you want to be doing every single week. But it happens. It um, happens. When you, w- exactly, it definitely does. But I think that that much like when we were talking about the Kemba situation after Kyrie left the Celtics, the Warriors, when Clay went down injured again, were suddenly scrambling for pieces to try and keep the team um, in a sort of win-now space. And Kelly Oubre Jr. was just not that player for them. And that was mm. one of the, the, the toughest things to to, to to sort of work through because they, they still needed a shooter. They, they weren't able to, to really get that out of him. And I think that relationship just ran its course. That's why he's gone to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I do like your point about Andrew Wiggins. I think with the pressure of him and he's not being the spotlight guy, he can actually develop at his own rate and he showed a lot of really interesting and good touches last season where on the defensive end he's really grown as a defender putting in a lot more hard work and really working for the team his shooting has also improved and he's not feeling as 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 pressured as as some of the other players would be in order to score in bunches so when he does have his his runs where he he, he starts to score a lot of points Wiggins looks good he looks like a top five pick not necessarily the the, the number one draft pick that he was um but I think what makes the Warriors a surprise package for me is that they've also looked at strengthening their bench and and how they utilize some of the guys that they've brought in. And taking bets on, on guys who wouldn't necessarily get chances at some teams. Like Otto Porter Jr. has had a history of massive injury issues. But he's also mm-hmm. like a top 10 draft pick um, when, when he was uh, brought into the NBA. So he's got the skills. He's he's also a bit of a veteran. So, you know, having him on your side, if you can keep him healthy, is a really important thing. And I think that moving him more to bench production and then getting minutes from him from there could be a really wise move. Um, I'm not a big Kevon Looney fan. I do think that he plays his role well at the Warriors. He understands what he needs to do, and he does it fairly mm-hmm. well. Um, he doesn't rock the boat, and that's what they really want. Um, but then, you know, it's what they get from the other guys. And that's why they've brought in the likes of Nyemanya Bielica, who can sh- uh-huh. stretch the floor. He can shoot. He grabs rebounds fairly well. He's not a rim protector. He doesn't have the size for that uh, predominantly. But he is a bit of a presence. Um, but he's the, the kind of player who will add to the team from a scoring perspective and try and keep the ball going into the basket as, as much as possible. And then we're talking about the youngsters, the young bench that they have from Jordan Poole and Juan Toscano Anderson, who showed that they've got really good talent, even Damian Lee, to then the, the, the draft picks who they, they, they picked last season and this season. Uh, James Wiseman will be back. He's also, also going to be trying to show his talents. And they won't be trying to lean on him as a starter. So if you've got Wiseman getting bench minutes and then mm-hmm. developing that way, it really improves him. Jonathan Kuminga could also be a really important factor for them in the future, but also, you know, potentially as they they try to give them bench minutes, him and Moses Moody. So there's really intriguing stuff happening at that Warriors team where you think, okay, they've got youth, they've got experience. If Clay is back to even 70% of what he was, that gives them a heck of a lot more than they had last season. And I, that's why I also had them as, as a pick for me. Who's your last pick in the West? Ooh, my, my, my second one was was a toughie. But I, and I don't even think you, you're going to uh, uh, agree with me because of the mm-hmm. challenges this team has. 
but I'm gonna have to uh, fly a, a private jet, and, and you know where I'm going with this because the owner of this team, uh, one Mark Cuban, lives on private jets. <laughs> <laughs> So you're picking the, the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks, Cyrus. I, I, you know, I, be, I believe, I, I, I believe in Luka Doncic. He's undeniable, mm. uh, undeniably. Uh, you know, he's he, he's one of those players. You, you know, we don't see them every season. We don't, maybe mm. not even every second season. He's he's one of those great players. And then I still believe in Porzingis. For some reason, I know you're gonna, probably going to judge me, but what what he did last season and he's had his struggles and uh, he was not. I, I believe he was not in, great. like you no, know, he was not great at all by 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 by, by many a measure. But if you remember the Porzingis we had in New York, the the, the New York Knicks fans booed him when he was drafted, and then he came and mm. showed them that he was the unicorn. I I, I don't know yeah. what's been going on. It could be a mind block thing it, it could even be the weather in dallas i don't know but Cyrus, <laughs> I, I i still believe that the, the composition of the dallas mavericks still make them a team that could shock a couple of um mm. teams i mean what they've done in the past to uh, uh, los angeles clippers that included one Kawhi leonard and paul george yeah. And, and, and they gave them trouble, but 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 then again, I I go back to the the need for improved performance by the unicorn because all the other pieces around him, I I, I think are, are punching at at and above their weight. So mm. I, I I actually don't know. All, all they need is if he steps up in a big way, Cyrus. I I think the Dallas Mavs could really surprise many teams i i, I mean yeah look the, the, the other texan franchise the other texan <laughs> franchise will not do much let's keep it real no the rockets texas, we know we know <laughs> texas will belong to 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 the mavs and and and, and cyrus I, I i i figured you would disagree i'm actually quite surprised that you are agreeing with me this much but my second pick of the West is definitely the, the Dallas Mavericks. Look, yeah? I thought about the Mavs. That's the thing is that I thought about the Mavs. And they've also got a new coach in Jason Kidd. So, you know, mm -hmm. it, it really is an intriguing thing there. But the reason why I pulled back from them were some of the reasons you picked them. Was that Pozingas, I don't know if he can rediscover what he had before. Primarily because I don't know if he's going to be utilized that way. And I also look at it and I say the Mavericks' biggest issue for me wasn't necessarily extracting as much out of Pozingas as possible, but rather complementary pieces for Doncic. Mm -hmm. Doncic really is one of the great players in the NBA right now. I mean, real great players in world basketball. What, they, what he did at the Olympics with Slovenia mm -hmm. was just incredible. So he needs somebody to work with him. And I heard rumors about um you know goran dragic potentially getting a buyout at toronto and then maybe going to dallas to go and uh, join his his compatriot in Doncic. that would be mm -hmm. really interesting for me because you then take the ball out of Doncic's hands you allow dragic to 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 run the plays and that gives him a little bit more i think that that's what the mavericks have been missing is a complimentary piece to 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 Doncic. and then the other thing for me is the jason kidd of it all which jason kidd are we going to see there um Jason Kidd 
should never be uh, forgotten as being the guy who managed to start Giannis on the path that he was, went down. I was, I was about to, to say that. MVP. I was about to say that. He saw the diamond in the rough. Well, the diamond was peeking out, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, Look, that's definitely In order to be... extract that. Exactly. And, and, and understanding what skill set he needed to work on and how important that could be in order to change things. But I think that mm-hmm. there's been enough stories around his coaching methodologies, not just his personal life issues that are also problematic um but i think that i'm just not sure of, of if he'll get the most out of this dallas team considering that in getting to his appointment there were a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes in dallas you know there's a reason why rick Carlisle left there's a reason why they have a new front office there's there's been a whole bunch of of, of uncertainty and turmoil happening at the organization and that's why i wasn't backing them so much my but pick, Cyrus, but, you, you forget that they've got Tim Hardaway Jr. also, who complements uh, Doncic pretty well as a shooting guard. I, I, I didn't forget. He played well, and he has played well the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons. But I also feel as if with players like Tim Hardaway Jr., you know what mm-hmm. you're getting because you've gotten it, right? Um, he's a good shooter. He's He's done some really good things for the Mavericks in the last couple of years. But he's not a guy to take them to the next level. And and I think that as, as as a squad player, he's fantastic. He really gives mm. them what they require. But I just don't see the Mavericks having enough pieces to say, this was good, let's be better. Um, not to say, and I know this isn't the thing look, about making them champions, but, you know, mm. I'm just not sure. Look, I'm the, just not sure. The likes of, the likes of Willie Carly Stein also show up. Like, if you're talking about role players within a team, he also mm. shows up. And, and 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 I think Cyrus, like like we said at the beginning of this analysis, we're not looking at potential champions. We're just looking at those teams that could shock teams who are thinking they're going to see it easy mm. into really pulling their socks up and saying, "Oh wow, if we we were to meet this team in a seven game series, we'd really have to watch out. Otherwise, we you know we run the risk of being shocked." Now, I, and I agree with you. I agree with you, but and I think that's the main thing here is that, you know, we're looking at teams that will shock you. I do think the Dallas Mavs will definitely, you know, take a lot of t- uh, uh, teams to, to you know, like going the distance in games. Um, and that'll be mm-hmm. because of Doncic. But I also think that Doncic playing at the Olympics might also be a factor in terms of his availability and, and what have you this season. Um, but that's your pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my pick. Um, right. And I've picked a team that should they've just also struggled with injuries haven't quite lived up to it but i think that there's an opportunity for them to also take another step forward and what's interesting about them is that the dallas mavericks last season finishes the fifth seed in 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 the east in the the east in the west this team finished as the third seed in in uh the west and that's the denver nuggets I was going to go there, Cyrus, but uh, with what Jamal Murray being out of commission, I was very cautious. Now, now this is one of the reasons why I decided to choose them, was that as much as Jamal Murray has been out and will be out until he's fully recovered, mm-hmm. I do think that this is another opportunity for the team that has the current league MVP, let's not forget that, to get the most out of the other guys around him. And Michael Porter Jr., has been one of those guys where more and more is expected of him every year because he just he, yeah. he performs really well. Um, he's still mm. adjusting to to playing in the NBA. He's still a young guy. His defense has just not been great, but it's gotten better. And if he can improve that facet just even 15% more, 
they become a far better team if he's a better defender and then he's also hitting some of the shots that he that he missed last season i think michael porter jr is has got a really good scoring threat and if he can just work on the defensive end of things a little bit it will definitely help um this is also going to be a full season for aaron gordon and his mm-hmm. addition to that team was really big he was fantastic yeah. for them that last was a season. great and, and I think that if you, when they get Jamal Murray back, they've got a starting five that includes Murray, Gordon, MPJ, and Jokic. That's a mm-hmm. really solid four-man um, portion of, of a five-man team. And then you can use an, uh, an Austin Rivers or you know uh, somebody else uh, you know to try and, and pick up the slack where you need it. But they've also got players in the likes of Jeff Green who've joined the team. And I think Jeff Green will, will fit in in that Paul Millsap space very, very well, because that was one of the things that the, the Nuggets struggled with was having bench production. Yes, they've got the Campazzo who's been there and he does some things. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, not like Campazzo, but I also know he's not going to be the guy that wins them a championship. Um, but I, I think that the likes of Jeff Green will keep that level higher and they should be able to do a whole lot more. I'm just very, very interested to see what they do with Ball Ball, who you made fun of earlier. Because so do you think do you think Gary Harris can be Jamal Murray? Uh, Gary Harris is long gone. Um, is he long he's gone? To, yeah, he was he went to the magic in, in the trade for Aaron Gordon. Oh Lord. Please do um, forgive but me. The likes of uh, Monte Morris. It's Will Barton actually who's gonna be really important for them. Uh, because he's he's re-signed. Um, he should do a lot better. He was out with injuries and, and what have you. And I believe but, JaVel McGee is back on the roster as well. Cyrus, Wu Button always strikes me as he always plays in gear three in a gear in a six-gear vehicle. I don't know. Maybe it's just looked, my my bias. But I always watch him and say, is that guy in gear three or four? He should have looked, reached gear I six. I get you. Now. He should have been doing a, a, a lot more with the talent that he has, Will the Thrill. But mm. is there much difference between Will Barton and Tim Hardaway Jr.? Yes. Tim Hardaway Jr. can shoot the lights out. Not like his dad. Will, Will Barton can shoot. Will Barton can mm. shoot. The, the difference here is he's, I he's, think the not, difference is he's not a go-to scorer. He, but but look at their roles within the teams that they're on. And I think this is also the important thing. Um, when you have a Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray has also struggled with consistency over the years. Um, he's just been really productive when it comes to the postseason when, when required. But Will Barton is the kind of guy who gives you some um, defense um, from the guard position. Not a bad defender there. And can also get to the, 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 the hoop when he needs to. Shoots the ball relatively well. I think that he's a good squad player. I just think that they they an upgrade at that position at the two guard mm-hmm. would definitely be the thing that takes um, Denver to the very next level. But where that comes from, who you're going to get there, I can't I can't tell you right now. Uh, but that's my pick. I do think that the, the, the Nuggets um, will be one of those teams to watch. I think just to round off, uh, round off uh, the podcast this week, let's 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 go from our surprise packages to just talking about Ben Simmons and the Simmons situation. So we all know that uh, Simmons has said he wants out of Philly. I think, frankly, the the Sixers want him out of there too. But in all of this, he might not show up for training camp. He wants a move now, throwing the toys out of the cart. Um, in an Aussie accent, you know, you just wonder <laughs> what plays 
do the Sixers have here? You know, because I, I just don't know. I mean, there's no leverage really. And, you know, the whole idea of Simmons going for, you know, an equivalent all-star player, I don't see that being um, a realistic um, expectation. So what do you think the Sixers do? Cyrus, uh, I, I, I think they can, they, they can trade him and, and, and get uh, a decent package for him. The thing is, with Ben Simmons at the moment, it's also a reputation thing. You see, mm-hmm. he's not James Harden. James Harden nope. ate himself out of Houston. Looked like he started looking a bit like Rick Ross. Started missing training sessions, and they could still get de- a decent, you know, trade for him. And and he's still one of the best guards we have in the league at the moment, right? Now, yeah. Ben Simmons, would you say he's one of the best small forwards we have in the league at the moment? Well, he's, uh, or, or but, but he's not even really a small forward. I mean, he is one of the well, best guards in the NBA. He's definitely one of the best guards. Defensively. Though offensively, right, if you're going downhill yeah, with yeah. him, definitely. And this is the other thing, is that when you look at, at what, what, what players, teams would want, because he, he facilitates the ball really well. So just remember that. The biggest look, issue uh, with Simmons was free throws and shooting. He just was not shooting the ball. He doesn't take jump shots. Cyrus and confidence. Cyrus, I don't think you, you, can I don't have think all you lack talent. confidence yeah. in passing the ball. <laughs> Cyrus, sometimes we saw that when you didn't need to pass. You know, when but you pass is, when you but, don't but need to pass, that, that's, that's the, the problem. Point, right? Where, like, take the contact and, and, and attempt the shot or something. But Cyrus, look, okay, but that's the point. He's he's, he, he, he's a big size point guard, right? He reminds me of like a, a Magic Johnson. That's why I always look at him mm-hmm. as if maybe he's a small forward. Because when I look at him in LeBron, I say, hmm, that's like another <laughs> LeBron in the making, yeah. you know what I mean? In terms of size. That's why I say, no, you can even wise, play him def- at the He's three. 6'11". He's 6'11". Look, you could play him at the four and the five you if could you play wanted. Him at, yeah, you could play him at the three. And then I look at him and say, in the league, reputation counts for a lot and attitude counts for a lot, Cyrus. We've seen the likes of, of Nate Robinson and, and, and Monte Ellis and, and people like that due to attitude and, and perception, they actually find themselves without a home in the NBA. And I'm not saying Ben Simmons has reached that point where like no team would touch him, but I'm also saying that lowers your market value because the other team would be like, you know, how much drama are we willing to take on? And that's something that almost happened to mm. Jimmy Butler before he wound up the, in in, mm. in Miami. Because, you know, you start becoming that guy, Cyrus, and you don't want to be that guy. Like the missing the but training ben camp stuff, Cyrus. isn't that guy. He isn't that well, guy. Well, when he starts missing is, the training camp, Cyrus, he starts he hasn't becoming that guy. And then he when, when he starts... It. But wasn't he, wasn't he charged for missing the training camp? No. Look, and I think this is the thing about Ben Simmons, right? Is that uh-huh. training camp hasn't even started yet, right? But and what did he miss? A training session or what did he miss? Look, he might have missed a, a, a meeting with, with, with the Sixers. But I think the, the okay. thing to remember here, right, is that he's not been a problematic player for this franchise. He hasn't been out there demanding stuff from minute one or been mm. fighting with his teammates all, all season long or even hyping himself up to the point where people just can't stand him 
Those stories mm-hmm. are not the stories that have been running about Ben Simmons. The biggest issue with Ben Simmons has been his on-court production issues when it comes to the postseason. Passing mm-hmm. up layups because you don't want to either get fouled and then have to shoot free throws that you're going to miss, that's problematic. Mm-hmm. And that definitely is a mental issue. But Ben Simmons as a player is not necessarily the problem here. And I think this is what people have to, to really focus on. There's a lot mm-hmm. of narrative stuff around Ben Simmons that doesn't quite add up. He's never okay. been a problematic guy at the franchise. But when it comes to scoring and shooting, he's just not that that dude. He doesn't take three-point shots. We know that. In fact, he hardly takes uh, mid-range shots. But having said all so, of that, the stuff so, he does... So he's do, problematic in his own way. <laughs> exactly. But it's the stuff that he does do. This guy came second uh-huh. in Defensive Player of the Year uh, 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 um, voting last season because he yeah. can guard so many positions. He uh-huh. averaged... 14.3 points a game last term, right? His his mm-hmm. average has basically been increasing since his first introduction to the league, but that was his lowest point scoring average. But when you look at it, his mm-hmm. assists numbers have always been relatively high, averaging 8.2 assists, 7.7 assists, 8 assists, and then last season was 6.9 assists. But that was in the Sixers' best season in a long time. And so, so, so he's the kind of player... Who can facilitate and defend? This is a number one pick, right? Yeah. Who, okay, like the Sixers have had their bad luck because Markel Folds, Ben Simmons, look, he's the number one pick. He is a point guard and not a scoring point guard, an assisting Mm -hmm. point guard. So I expect his assist to be in double figures, Cyrus. One. And secondly, him being a point guard, I also expect. He is points per game to average closer to 20 than 10. So, to me, he's been underperforming. This is a point guard, an elite point guard. Okay. A a number one pick. I I want to ask you a question. Because the thing for me is... Yeah, but let's look at the the, the former number one picks, right? I mean, in Uh terms of former number one picks, who was the last former number one pick um, that was a point guard? Lord, I'm, 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 I'm lost. Now. You've caught me out. Was it Kyrie? Was it Kyrie? No, it wasn't Kyrie. Was I think it? so, right? I mean, okay, who is, who is our number one pick last, that, that, last that season? Would have, that would have been 2013. Who's our number one pick last season? Is that Anthony Edwards? Who, was, who went number one? Yes, it was Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's take a look at Anthony Edwards, right? Because this is a a number one pick and you're talking about a number one pick should be averaging 20 points a game, right? No, closer to 20 than 10. That's what I see. A number one pick from last season, and yes, he was a rookie and what have you, but the thing about him is that he averaged closer to 20 than 10, 19.3 points a game. But Mm. in terms of assists, 2.9 assists a game. So, you know, you've got to look at it from a basketballing perspective here. Not every single point guard is both a scorer and an assister. And when mm-hmm. you look at guys like, a, a, you know, like a Kyrie, he's a scoring point guard. He's not necessarily an assisting point well, guard. No, Cyrus, Nor is he a defensive point guard. But no, Cyrus, when you look at Ben Simmons, 
But when you're uh, looking at Ben Simmons, you have then labeled him as being a bit of a bust no, because he's the number one pick no, that's only I, averaging no, I didn't say, points. I, I, I didn't say he's a bust. Listen, Cyrus, you didn't listen to my point. I said he's not a scoring <laughs> point guard, right? He's not a scoring point guard. So yeah. his assists should be higher. There should be double-digit assist average. Because so, so how, do you, get, how do you get assists? He, he, he's, not, he's not a shoot-first but, but, but how do you get assists? Second, right? But, but, but he passes the ball. By but passing the ball, it's by your so teammates your making their shots. And that's the yes. problem with the Sixers, is that when you look at the way the Sixers are built, they play a lot uh -huh. of Joel plays ISO in the post, and he uh -huh. gets a lot of his points that way. But look at the guys mm -hmm. around Ben Simmons. Tobias mm -hmm. Harris, has he been scoring at the clip that he should be at? No. Uh, Seth Curry, yes, I definitely give him as being a guy who's been scoring. But then mm -hmm. you're not necessarily getting enough scoring from all the other guys. And that's what killed the Sixers in the playoffs last season, was that they didn't have enough scorers. So when Ben Simmons is not taking a shot, it becomes even worse. And this is why when you look at it, and I guess I don't know how we ended up in a, an argument about Ben Simmons, but... <laughs> but it's a beautiful but, thing! <laughs> but, but, but the thing about Ben is that he just needs to go to a place where they utilize his skill set effectively. If he's not going to be taking your shots, then you got to have shooters around him. And this is why when they talked about him potentially going to the Portland Trailblazers, that made sense. Because Dame can do all the shooting. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands the whole time. Dame can make his own shot and also take shots off the dribble, if um, you know, off the ball if he, if need be. So then, what what got... would he play at the at the at the at the, at the Portland Trailblazers? He'd go there as a as as, as a small forward because he CJ could go there as a point forward. guard. But oh, so you mean in order to he would come in for Dame? Yeah, well, you. I'm, I'm talking about it in terms of if you had Simmons go to the Portland Trailblazers with uh -huh. Damian Lillard, because uh -huh. that's generally been the sort of package is that people, and I guess this is the part of the conversation where we should talk about what can people get for, for what can the Sixers get for, for Ben, is that the mm -hmm. talk of, of CJ going in the opposite direction and going to Philly. Oh, okay. If you then okay. put Simmons next to, to, to Lillard, Today. Lillard then mm -hmm. almost becomes your de, uh, de facto shooting guard and a two guard. Mm -hmm. Or you even have them as, as, as you know, co-point guards where Simmons mm -hmm. just brings the ball up runs the plays and, and, and frees up space for, for, for Dame. The, the difference Dame, being yeah. people will just just um you know um slack off of 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 Ben knowing that he's not gonna shoot from the perimeter and and then you know they'll be like right we'll double team we'll double team Dame when we know he doesn't have the ball because Ben isn't gonna be shooting. But that's mm -hmm. also why you know when you look at Simmons on on um on the Blazers potentially he could give you a cutting and slashing threat um, offensively, mm -hmm. but he gives mm -hmm. you far more defensively. And that's where the six, the, the, the trailblazers have been really struggling over the last few seasons is that they just couldn't stop teams from scoring on them. Mm -hmm. So let's round out the podcast by saying, okay, fine. We've had our discussion about what Ben's value is. What do you as the sixes hope to get for him? Look, Cyrus, the, the, the thing is, if I was the Sixers, right, two places yeah. where I think Dame could go. You you mentioned the port, uh, well, the, the Trailblazers. Uh, I mean, sorry, where Ben Simmons could go. Did, did, did I say Dame? Ben, yeah. sorry, Ben Simmons. Uh, 
you you mentioned the Portland Trailblazers, not a bad destination. I also considered um, uh, the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think him alongside uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Tyson Halliburton, and them could work because obviously they'll probably Tyrese Halliburton, getting, yeah. They they, they 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 would insist on getting the likes of Buddy Hield and that you know because you you gotta get you're gonna have to let go of a lot for Ben Simmons. And, and I think he could work in in Sacramento uh, because it's you know it's 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 California, but it's not LA. You know, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not LA. It's not it's it's not the Warriors. So so less of spotlights and all that kind of stuff. Or if you want to take him to a seasoned vet of a coach, you take him to San Antonio and see what the Spurs could make of him. But the thing is, do those teams have enough? <laughs> <laughs> to 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 give nope. the sixes uh, and say okay we're offering you like a couple of picks and and, and these other players I don't think those teams have enough I think and, rightfully so like you put it I think the Blazers would be the best people who have enough pieces they can send uh, Philadelphia's way and and I think that's the major thing and I think that's what we probably need to discuss in in, in the next show is that. I think Simmons' value is the, the the most difficult thing to ascertain at the moment because I do mm. think that what he brings and gives to a team is really worth, you know, as much as the Sixers are hoping for. But there are no players available um, that they can get. The best case scenario would be to try and get Bradley Beal or, you know, if Damian Lillard wants out um, at Portland. But I don't see Dame doing that. And Bradley Beal mm-hmm. is in a weird, he's happy to be in Washington and that's okay kind of phase. Um, the, the Sixers do need point guards. They do need somebody to run their offense. And for me, that's why I kept thinking perhaps what the Sixers should look at is trying to employ maybe two or three team deals. You know, like, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to get like a this player for Ben type thing. It'll be Ben and three or four players or Ben. Mm-hmm two players and and a whole bunch of picks. But the Sixers need production now because they want to win now. They want to make the most of of having a relatively fit Joel Embiid. And and that's where things are are tough. I I think a a, a trade that almost makes sense is one that I drew up a while ago. And that has to do with Ben Simmons going to the Pacers. And the Pacers then sending the likes of TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon in particular um, to to the Sixers. Now I know the Sixers already reportedly turned down any Brogdon for Simmons trades in the past, but I think okay. that Brogdon is the kind of facilitator that the Sixers could really utilize. He does score well. He's not the same level of defensive presence, uh, and and would would never be really because you know six eleven versus six five is is a massive difference. But Brogdon's no scrub. He can play. And he, he, but he's, Cyrus, a, he's a 50-40-90 guy. Do you think it's, it would be in the best interest of the 76ers to have two short guards in Brogdon and Curry? Let's, let's put it this way. It's not necessarily about the, the size thing. It's about what you're expecting mm. to get back in terms of, of, of you know, what your needs are. And the Sixers' mm. needs are not necessarily size. Because mm-hmm. they could go and get defensive guards, you know, there there are a bunch of them. It's a question of you know offensive production and what you'll get from on the scoring and assisting fronts. And that mm-hmm. for me is where you have to look at the likes of Brogdon seriously and say he's not flashy, 
but what he'll give you is probably going to take you to the next level because mm-hmm. he is he is a, a, a um a threat from from beyond the arc um if you foul him he's going to make his free throws and mm-hmm. he definitely does shoot the mid-range well and he runs the offense well what more do you want from a player it's it's if you can get a few other pieces with him as well and this is one of the other things i drew up was a bit of a three-team trade that involved the spurs so funnily enough you bring the spurs in so you almost send it's just that i'm not sure the spurs would go with this because we're not quite sure where they're going but mm-hmm. the Sixers would get Dejounte De- De- murray and malcolm brogdon that gives them guard depth and they can have a defensive minded guard in, in in murray who's pretty good on the defensive end and can score some as well as getting a floor general kind of, of point guard in malcolm brogdon as well as a whole bunch of picks the spurs would get tj warren um and then the pacers get ben simmons um and that that trade actually kind of works from the money perspective and and the pieces and i think that would really play into the sixes hands here because then getting two above average point guards gives them what they need to try and win now as opposed to trying to force a superstar trade which is just not going to happen mm-hmm. no cyrus you make a lot of sense there but like you said if you're going to go for a three-way trade you also have to find out what the likes of the san antonio spurs are doing or trying to do what are they trying to achieve in which direction is that front office trying to take that team obviously having lost the demar de rosen uh i i think you know it's that uh, beautiful r word you and i throw around from time to time the rebuild i i, mm-hmm. I think that team has taken in, in, enough knocks i mean like uh, uh mills is now a, a, a brooklyn net uh mm-hmm. rosen is now a chicago bull I, I i think i think that team just needs to regroup but, and but they don't scratch. quite do it that way right and and this is the thing mm. about the spurs is that they they rebuild in their own pace that's why i think like a tj warren at the spurs is not a bad thing he could be mm-hmm. the rudy gay um just potentially without the defensive side of rudy gay's game so you know that three-team trade kind of made sense to me because i thought okay if they could if the Sixers get murray dejounte murray and malcolm brogdon and some picks that's not a bad return it's not the best return but mm. right now we don't know what a good return will look like um but anyway look counter we're gonna have to leave it there um we've we've come to the end of the podcast uh but thank the you so longest much, podcast it's been, in it's the history amazing. of the podcast i think we've had longer it's been <laughs> nuts um but thanks so much man um and yeah for everybody listening thank you so much for listening to the poster podcast it's been fantastic fantastic having you uh, make sure to keep listening to the podcast um and yeah we'll just keep giving you all of the the right detail and the love for the nba that we have so thank you and until next time it's goodbye peace